0: I'm not so sure about the wise words. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Nice to see you. Got a couple of visitors as well. Welcome to um, the well for those who are new. Great to have you with us. And um, yeah, after the service, make sure you connect and join in with us. Got tea, coffee and cake this morning. Red velvet cake. Who likes red velvet cake? Amazing. Come on, every hand should be up right now. Otherwise, you're not really a Christian. Um <laughs> Don't laugh at that, it's true. Um, Well, we're in a um, series called Life Hacks, and we're really trying to look at um, problems that we face in life and trying to look at practical solutions for them, right? Who likes practical solutions for problems? I love that. my background as social worker and so I really love kind of when people can come to me um, or I can go to others and actually help them go forward and become unstuck with their life. We all want that, right? And um, I think that's one of the things I've loved over the years, you know, being a pastor in different places um, is I guess trying to bring a message that you can actually do something with it on Monday not just hear about it on Sunday and kind of go, that was great, but very mystical, but actually we can do something with it. And so that's really the idea of this series. So um, I'm just going to open up in prayer and uh, let's just ask for God's blessing on this. Uh, Lord, I really do thank you for um, your presence here this morning, Lord. I thank you for everyone who's turned up this morning. And God, um, I pray for not just us, but every other church meeting in the city, big, small. Uh, We ask for your very best upon them. Lord, as we come and try and share some thoughts this morning and your word this morning, I pray you give us ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, and um, give us just that one thing that's going to help us tomorrow morning, Lord God, go forward into our week just a little bit stronger and a little bit better. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can anyone remember the moments where you've met somebody in your life and you're like, wow, right? Like that maybe that one guy or that one girl. Look, Emily and Marty are looking at each other, look at the love, it's amazing. But you just look at this one person, right? And you're like, wow, I am going to spend the rest of my life avoiding you. (laughs) You ever met that person? Yeah? Those people come into your life occasionally, right? (laughs) What did you think I meant? (laughs) So it's interesting that you looked at each other when I (laughs) said... But it's true, like every now and then, right, you have people that come into your world. Some are great and amazing. Some are okay, but then you get others, right, where you're just like, yeah, I just don't know if we're going to connect. Every now and then I come across people like that, and you almost instantly know with some of them. And then some of them, uh, a little bit later on down the track, you kind of realize, nah, this ain't my cup of tea. And um, I guess in reality, in my life, for me, I am probably if if my life was like a character of Winnie the Pooh, I'd probably be Tigger. I I just love Tigger. I love his bounciness. I love you know he's just positive. He's he's always looking forward. And really, my least favorite character would be who do you think? Eeyore, Eeyore right? Because he's the complete opposite. Now Eeyore's okay, but um but for me, I just I really love, you know um. People who are positive, I love people who are looking to go forward. And I just find I get a little drained by people who are negative all the time. Um, in fact, when I was a social worker working in mental health, they have got this book called the DSM. I don't know if anyone knows what the DSM is, you don't need to. But basically, this is the book where you find out about all the mental health disorders that exist. And there are thousands of these puppies. But one was really interesting, it was called Seasonal Affect Disorder which basically said that some people, when they go into the likes of winter, they would become depressed. It was seasonal affect dis- disorder. It would actually affect their mood. And I'm a wee bit like that if people are too negative with me. Kind of, they come into my atmosphere and they just kind of change it. And I can just feel myself getting pulled down with that thing. And, um, but what I've realized in life is that there's different kinds of negative people. And so there's like categories, and I'm not going to go through all the categories, but I just want to kind of explain a couple uh, this morning, because there are some that are actually okay. There are some where it's doable, and they're almost adorable, and there's some that are dangerous, in my opinion. So you've got kind of the, the eels, right? Who loves the eels in life? I mean, you do, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a tigger through and through well, as much as possible. But I actually quite like Eeyore. He's quite adorable. He's got this little rain cloud, right? And you know these people, they've got the puppy dog eyes, right? And there's kind of there's a sadness about them. But they're not mean, they're not malicious, they, they don't have a bad heart towards anyone, they're just a little bit down. And um, I've met a few people in life like that. I remember once actually um, there was this lady, she wasn't my friend, but she was a friend of someone in our family, and and she was a bit like that, and, and I would call her Eeyore, and um, I got slapped for it <laughs> from people within my family for doing that. But I didn't not to her face, of course, but just kind of, oh, you know. Could only you know anyway, so uh, there's the EOS adorable, and then there's also what I call the half the glass half empty. Sorry, go back. Uh, those people you know those people you met them before, yeah. and then <laughs> who said no? <laughs> yeah, out you go. Um, <clears throat> but you know the kind of there's the glass half full and there's a the glass half empty, and. The glass half empty people, again, sometimes it's not, they're not trying to be nasty, but they're the kind of people, right, the sun comes out, like it would come out today and it would be beautiful and I'd go, oh, it's great, it's warm, finally we could go to the beach, do a barbecue, like, can't go to the beach, probably get cancer from the sun. Do you know what I mean? They're just those kind of people, right? You get blessed Financially, or get a job opportunity, and their idea of it is like it's just a matter of time before God pulls the rug out from under my feet, right? It's just like they're just those people, and, and you, you kind of still love them, but they just kind of have again this kind of almost negative mindset. Now, I can handle people like that to a point. Sudden dose is okay. After a while, I've kind of got to remove myself, but they're okay. But there's another side of negative people that I think they're not adorable but they're actually dangerous for your life. And I know I've seen this practically. My last job as a social worker, I worked for Angle Connection and I oversaw a department as some of you know called Monarchy Mai. So we would reintegrate prisoners from prison back into the community. And so you got to hear a lot of different stories. And one of the themes that ran through a lot of these stories is these people that I call the influencers. If you put the next slide up, the influencers. Now, the influencers are a different breed of negative people. In fact, the influencers can actually be likable people. The influencers can be smart and they can be intelligent, but the biggest thing you have to be careful with them about is that they are convincing that's a difference. Everyone say convincing. I mean, some of the stories I heard with the people who came through that I work with, you could see that the friends that they had, the influences they had in their life, negative. They were convinced. And it led them into a lot of trouble. And uh, I've seen this in my life, not just as a social worker, but you know, as, a, as working in church over the years, uh, working with people over the years. And you have to be careful with the influences, because often their negativity is grounded actually in agendas that are their own agendas, often selfish, very inward-looking. But you don't always see it, because they don't present it that way. In fact, a great example of that, of course, is the snake. Uh, That's a snake from the Jungle Book. I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember that. Anyone can remember that? If you put your hand up, you're old, like me. If you keep your hand down, then you're lying. Um, Or you're young, like some of these guys over here. But the snake in this one, you know, one of his gifts was to hypnotize people, right? You get them, and that's often what the influencers do. They're like this guy over here. They kind of have got it together. They look great, but on the inside, they're going to do some damage to you, but you usually don't know it. And in fact, I don't want to make this a major of today's um, message because I want to go into a different part of scripture. But when you look at the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, you see that the snake was an influencer. And he came across as smart and intelligent. And when you look at the story of the fall of Adam and Eve, It wasn't that the devil came as this kind of guy and, you know, big black wings and horns and fire coming out of his mouth. I mean, I don't know what the snake looked like back then, but whatever it was, he came across as pretty smart and very clever. And he didn't come across as dangerous. He actually came across as very appealing. And that's what the influences do. In fact, to the point where he said to Eve, he says, Did did God really say that you shouldn't eat that? And I'm narrating the story here. And she said, yeah, God didn't actually say that. He said, you know what? You're not going to die when you eat that fruit. Actually, you are going to become like God. Pretty appealing, right? And the irony in that, of course, is that they were already like God as much as they would ever be. And he kind of deceived them and tricked them into thinking, you're going to become like God and blind them to the fact that they already were like God. (laughs) Really interesting. And what's really interesting is you read that story, not only does he deceive them, but it's really interesting when you see Eve's reaction after the devil talked to her. Her reaction was that when she looked at the fruit that she hadn't really considered before, she looked at it and the Bible says that she realized that the tree was good for food, And that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Wow. And that's often what the negative influences do. They all help you see in a different way. But there's a danger in them that I really want to bring out today. And then we're going to kind of go, what do we do about this? But it's something that I've seen often. And it's something that you may not expect from somebody who's really negative. You kind of go, oh wow! I I really didn't expect that, but it's a danger, and it's kind of coated like a sugar-coated poison. And so we're going to read a story where you see this come out today, um, and this really follows on from the story of Solomon. So just to paint the picture, Solomon, who was considered, you know, the wisest man of all time, you know, God gave him the gift of wisdom. That was his gift. He wasn't powerful and strong; he was clever. And But, of course, his life kind of fell apart towards the end. I think he had, what, 700 wives and 300 concubines. What was he thinking? <laughs> <coughs> Seriously. Like, what was he thinking? Anyway, so um, he kind of went off the rails, and, and he dies. And, he, and, of course, back in those days, they pass on their uh, kingship, usually to their family. And so he's going to pass his kingship on to his son. And um, we're going to pick up the story. If you got your Bibles... Um, you're welcome to turn to them. 1 Kings chapter 12, and we're going to flick through a few verses here. Really, really interesting story. So um, Rehoboam, that's his son. It's one of his sons. He actually has two. He has one called um, Jeroboam as well. But anyway, so Rehoboam is made king, and he basically collects all the people together. All the people of Israel, all the tribes that are under his reign, it's a big kingdom, and it's a big responsibility. And he gets them together, and he basically says, you know, I'm your king now, and he hears the people speak to him. So that's great. That was actually quite wise for him to listen to his people. Who knows it's really important, right? If you're leading something, even though you're a leader, it's really good to hear what the people are following you have to say, right? that's a big reason why in this church that we want people to give feedback. We want to hear what you have to say because we're in this together, right? And so this is what they say to him. Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now enlighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. I mean, that's great feedback. If you're leading an organization and you're wanting people to follow you and you're saying, hey, come on, what, how are we going to make this work as a partnership? And they say to you, well, look, if you just lighten the load, because it is too heavy right now, we're telling you right now, it is too hard, but if you would just lighten that load, we will serve you. That's great, That's great information to have. And so Rehoboam says go away for three days and then come back to me. And the people went away. So basically he's heard the people and he said, look, I just need some time to think about this. Go and collect my thoughts. So they go away. And um, and then in verse 6, it says, then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. And he asks a great question. How would you advise me to answer these people? So that's awesome, right? Big ticks to him for doing that. He's basically going to the wisest people in the land, the people who really help lead this kingdom that he's about to go into, the people who actually served under King Solomon. So I'm only guessing that if he was the wisest man in the world and that you're a leader, right, directly under him, I'm only guessing that you're going to pick up one or two bits of wisdom, right? Because you become what you hang around. And so these guys are speaking from, I guess, in some ways, um, a, a, a level that is intelligent, that is wise, and is caring, and it is a reflection, really, of what they're gleaning off Solomon. And they've observed Solomon, and they want to give the son some feedback. We love Solomon, but here's what we would say to you. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people, and serve them, and give them a favorable answer... They will always be your servants. In other words, if you serve them, they will serve you. Which really, I believe, is the heart of great leadership. I mean, when you look at Jesus, he said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And yet, we are all here today, 2,000 years later, serving him. Why? Because he first served us. For me, that's the mark of a great leader. You serve, and that's what they said. Serve them, they will serve you. Pretty easy, great advice. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him. And now, this is the why. The and is the why did I reject the elders' advice? Because these were amazing people. Why did I do that? Because and he consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. So Rehoboam has these youngsters, maybe like these guys over here, right? A little bit younger. Let's say that we're great friends and they are serving me. Okay, and we've got the elders (laughs) over there, the wise, the wisdom, right? And the younger people over there. And so he rejects. The advice of Gwen (laughs) to his folly. This gentleman here, I don't know who you are, but you look wise as well. A mustache like that, you must be wise. right? And he rejects them because he's been listening to these ones. Now, let's hear what they have to say to him. He said, the young men who had grown up with him replied... These people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. But now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. And my father laid a heavy yoke, but I will make it heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Thank you, Celine. (laughs) But can you can you feel what's going on here? And now, actually, in the Scripture, when it talks about, I'm going to scourge you with scorpions, what that means is that they're not just going to whip them with normal whips. Yeah, have you ever seen the Passion of Christ? And you've seen some of the different scourges they had, and some of them have little bits and... On it you know like, like kind of barbs and you know kind of hooks and stuff like that that's what they meant by the scourging with scorpions like you think being whipped just with a normal whip is bad you wait until you have barbed wire on the end of that whip that's what we're going to do and so that's what these young people suggested to him now people this is a roads in rehoboam's life have no doubt about it and i heard this a great saying once that I thought, gosh, it's so true. It says we make our decisions and then our decisions turn around and make us. So you need to understand that when you're in the crossroads of making decisions in life and you're looking for counsel, understand sometimes these can be the making and the breaking of you. Because the decisions you make will ultimately one day make you. That's how it works. And so he hears the advice of Gwen and Moustache Man, and Selene, and Emmy. And so he gets all the people back. Verse 12. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam. So Jeroboam was the brother, as the king had said. And verse 13, and we're going to pick bits and pieces through here, so I'm, I'm, I'm skipping some parts. They don't matter. You can go back and read them, but... Um, <clears throat> The king answered the people harshly. Now, there's a bad sign, right? Right there. I'm going to answer you harshly. That's what a good leader doesn't do that. Rejecting the advice given to him by the elders, he followed the advice of the young men. So the king did not listen to the people. And so Israel, now listen to this. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And in fact, if you look at the story a little bit closer, people die. And in essence, what happened is this, is that Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders, the wisdom. He refused to really serve the people as a good leader did. And then that decision absolutely broke up the nation of Israel and the tribes. And so he ruled a little part and the other said, stuff you, we are not following you. And so that was a massive turning point in the history of it. Now, here's the thing that I want you to get. We talked about negative people and influences in in your life. And here's the reason why you need to stay away from negative, negative people is because negative people have a solution for every problem. Negative people have a solution for every problem. And that is the danger. Because when you're looking to make decisions, when there's a gap in your knowledge, when there is a gap in between, this is what I'm doing now and this is what I have to do then, and you're not sure, the, the way that you fill the gap and the way that you go forward is by making a decision, by answering or getting a, a, a solution to a problem and the problem with negative people is they have a solution for you and the solution usually sounds great the devil sounded great in the Garden of Eden to Rehoboam the young people who he listened to sounded great and it was the solution for him but in the end you find that the solution While it's great that you have one, right, because you're going to look for it no matter what, the problem is it was poison. And that's what negative people who influence your life, not the eels, not necessarily the cup half full, because that's water off a duck's back, but the influences that you have allowed in your life, it's not water off a duck's back, it's poison on your insides. That's what it is. And once you get poison on the inside, It's very hard to get rid of it sometimes. You have to be very, very careful. And so understand that if you hang around with negative people, you're not going to live a positive life. And I have seen this time and time again, which is why I'm talking about it this morning. I have seen people's lives ruined, not because they are bad people necessarily, It's because of the people they allow to influence their life. And as I was putting this together, I read a great quote. It's not mine. In fact, even the stay away from negative people, they have a solution for every problem. That actually comes from Albert Einstein. He said that. So he's a pretty clever guy, right? But um, there's another great quote that I read. You might want to write this down. It says, don't let negative and toxic people rent the space in your head. Raise the rent and kick them out. (laughs) I like that. Raise the rent and kick them out. Because here is the truth. The voice you will follow the most in your life is the voice that you have listened to most in your life. If you want to know how you're probably going to go forward, have a listen to who you're listening to. And if you're listening to people, you're kind of like, "Ah, you know, they're in my life, but... You know, I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily going to take their advice. If that's the voice you are most listening to, the chances are that is the voice you are most going to follow because it fills that gap. And then over time, it wears you down. And just like Rehoboam, they are the people that are in your life, are serving you and you're serving them. And when it comes to those crunch times, who are you going to go to? You're going to go to them, I promise you. You return to your default in life. That is so true. And so here's a little thing as we um, kind of wrap up this morning. A little task. And you can do this when you're at home. You don't have to do it now. But um, if you've got your phones, take a photo of it um, or write it down. But I, this is it's almost homework. In fact, it is homework. Sorry, I know you come to church. You don't want homework. But this is homework. <laughs> getting homework. Oh, well. So, On one side, I want you to write the top five people in your life. So it's probably not going to be John or Mary or Brandon or Nellie. It might be Gwen, and Moya and James, whoever it might be. But I want you to write the top five people in your life (coughs) that speak into your life. Because here's the truth. Those top five people that you write down, they are the voice in your life. And they are most likely the voice you will follow. And you might write your list and go, oh, there's no way. There's no way that person's going to influence me in my life. And he has no idea what he's talking about. I promise you, if they're in the top five, they are. Well, that's like the means of your life. That's the mean value of your life. And who you are is summed up very much by those top five people whether they are good in your life or bad in your life. I promise you. And then after you've done this, this is your last part of your homework. You can do it privately, so you don't have to tell anyone, right? So Marty and Emily, ah, Emily's in my life. I need to scratch that. (laughs) Then (laughs) I (laughs) want you to ask this question. It's a simple question, but this is really what it comes down to for your life and for my life. Is ask, are they taking me towards or away from who I want to be? Are they taking you away or towards the person that you want to be? And that might be the values you want to live. I don't know. It might be a job or an opportunity that you're going for. I don't know. It might be the kind of husband you want to be or wife you want to be. It might be that you want to be more successful. You've dreamed of a different life. I don't know what it is for you. It doesn't matter. That's up to you. But are they taking you towards or away the person that you want to be and the life that you want? To live and then if you look back on that list some of you might go yeah man I got the best five people in the world isn't that great well high five to you but sometimes you're gonna do your list and you're gonna realize actually this person here I love them to bits but actually the truthfully they're not taking me towards what I really want to be and who I want to be and am I saying you have to be rude to them and horrible to them and just cut them out of your life no But it might be that you spend a little bit less time with them. It might be that you have to reframe and recalibrate the relationship so they don't influence you in the same way. I don't know what it is for you. You don't have to be horrible. I don't believe in doing that. I think you should do things well with people, especially those people close to you. But you do need to understand, if you're allowing weeds to grow in your garden, in time those weeds will take over your garden. You can try and close your eyes to it and pretend that ain't going to work, but the reality is, it is. And I'm not even a gardener, and I know this. <laughs> Let me finish with this. You know, we have one life, people. One life. And I don't consider myself, at, you know, too old yet, but boy, I, f- I feel like I'm getting there now. Like it's ticking by. It's, time waits for no one. And the more I go in life and the more I reflect on my life, um, one of the things I I feel like I've done pretty well in my life, done a lot of things not well in my life, but one of the things that I've done well in my life is try to put great people around me because I know that great people will help me to achieve some great things. And when I reflect back on my life as well, and there's times where life has been sometimes the worst, it's because I've allowed weeds to grow sometimes through negative influences, not just negative people. So be careful of that. You have one life, and God wants to do something through your life. Amen. And if your life is just cluttered with weeds, it's hard to grow a really great crop. Amen. So for him who has ears to hear, listen this morning. This is we just pray for you, and uh, then we're going we're gonna to finish up in a moment. What well, I really do want to thank you for... Um, Such great people here today, Lord, and uh, Lord, I want to thank you for these amazing stories in the Bible. I thank you, God, that so many of the stories in the Bible are just like, what the heck is that doing there? There's stories, Lord, where people are messy, Lord, where people are making wrong decisions, but Lord, I know that you have given that to us so that we can learn from others' mistakes, Lord God, and we can then apply it in our life today. So Lord, help us tomorrow. Go forward. Help us... Um, look at our, the people in our lives and I pray, God, that you would also bring the right influences into our life that will make us go forward and live fruitful. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Fantastic. Alright, I'm going to give it back to Celine. Thank you, guys. I hope you're blessed. And uh, I think the microphone's <laughs> died, but um, she's going to wrap up. Cool. Okay, well, <laughs>